We've got it's someone in chat. What's happening? We're live. Oh god, it's happening. We're in. Hello. Yeah. We're here. Yeah, we're up. We're going. Yes. Yes. How oh, terrifying. Okay. So good. Great. Okay. Hello. 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 Welcome the question was, was the in. stream even happening? And the answer is yes. Great. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We were looking for yes, great, excellent as the answer. <laughs> yes. Truly a stream of all time. Correct. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. We're going to give it just a little second here to see who pops in. But uh, this is going to be our... Uh, Mid-season three Q&A live stream will be on for about an hour, just answering questions from the chat and some questions that were emailed to us. Um, thanks to everyone who sent their questions in and who has been listening to season three. Uh, just a little warning is that there could very well be spoilers for stuff that has <laughs> happened up to this point. So if you are not caught up, uh, just be aware that it is not uh, entirely guaranteed that we won't talk about things that happened last episode. Um, uh, that's in all. fact, I would say it's possibly even likely. Yes, very much so. Uh, possibly likely. <laughs> possibly likely. Extremely likely, one could say. Um, <laughs> great. So, <laughs> hi, we're the cast. We're rolling chance. with difficulty. You guys all know that because you're on this live stream. Uh, yep. We've, we've we took a week off for uh, vacation, and now we're back. There'll be a regular episode this Friday. Um, but I guess we could just kick it off if everyone is feeling uh, fun and funky and ready to answer some questions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Check the dust Hydrated, off. ready to Check go. Check the cobwebs off. Let's uh, let's get back <laughs> yeah, into I've this. Got, I've got a, a stein that Wally left at my apartment, just filled <laughs> with water, so I'm ready to go. Awesome. A so, like like a huge tank tankered thing. It's not quite way. that big, but okay, uh, it right. sounds dramatic when I say it like that. So hydrate, sure. hydrate. Yeah. Uh, we're take the first <laughs> from our email here, uh, but chat, Whoa. please feel free to drop questions in chat. I can't promise we'll get to every single question that we receive and or have received thus far, but we will do our best. But this first question comes from Puck in our email. Uh, Hiya, really stoked about playing the College of Feasts in a burgeoning campaign a friend of mine is running. Ooh. I decided to supplement Ooh. it with three levels of rogue to reflect my IRL line cooking experience, which I thought was hey. extremely funny. <laughs> Um, could hey, you that tracks. About, yes. <laughs> could you talk about developing this subclass and what kind of characters you envisioned playing it? It's reading very Ooh. bolstering a comrade's spirits with a warm mug or taking the time to keep everyone healthy in the way Finbar does, and I think that's amazing. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we The College of Feasts is uh, one of the pieces of bonus content currently up on our Patreon. Uh, it is a bard subclass, and uh, Wally and Austin, I think you guys are probably the ones to talk more about how it was developed and kind of the ideas behind it uh yeah um when me and austin uh sat down to uh sort of figure out the bones for this subclass we decided that okay ultimately this is more of a like the support subclass and more in of like buff your allies type of way and not necessarily like debuff enemies and sort of that that was like the main philosophy in determining a lot of the uh features um and then from there we just uh threw in together sort of uh the flavor that we wanted with uh, some of the core mechanics that we wanted to uh, introduce to sort of like the bard, you know, more healing mm -hmm. um, abilities at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I mean, you, you kind of said it in the question, right? This feels like a subclass that's like, you know, handing a warm, comforting mug to your, your allies. That's when you're creating player options, 
for especially a subclass which is a big player option right that's the that's the toolkit they're going to be playing with for the entirety of that character you you really want to hone in on what is the fantasy if i this if i write down college of feasts on my paper what do i feel like i should be doing what's the kind of stuff i feel like i should be doing you know in universe diegetically and then how can we make mechanics that um that that support that and there's a lot that goes into it because you know, um, like we said, obviously being a support, a, a character who buffs your allies is, uh, is that, that's a huge part of it. But there's lots of different characters that support and buff. So how do you drill down? Well, you start thinking about, you know, making active decisions. We always want you to have an active thing you can do. I don't really like subclasses that have like once per day, you can do this awesome thing. It's like, cool. And then you're done. Then you're just a regular old warlock. So yeah. Yeah. Trying to have One active things only. to do and trying to make it that your abilities are not overpowered but reliable and useful. So that's how you get the like uh you can you can end detrimental effects, you can end conditions on your allies, and if they use their inspiration to do that, they just get the maximum on their inspiration. So mm-hmm. you are very good at pulling your allies out of that funk, out of paralysis, out of whatever it is. Uh you know, so it's it's niche but extremely useful guaranteed and when you're in a fight against the basilisk or whatever and people are getting petrified you're going to feel awesome because you're pulling them out of it with those inspirations guaranteed so that's how that goes and then and and then you come up with 18 different ideas that you love all of them (laughs) uh, and you you spend that was the tough part yeah yeah that's except yeah, except for the, features? The, the capstone, oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, the capstone being that you can get, get to cast um, Heroes Feast uh, for uh, like, yeah. you know some like lesser requirements was very. Uh, I mm-hmm. forget when we came up with that, but that that was one that we were like definitely that goes on. But yeah, we had tons of other stuff, and there will be. Th- first of all, I'm stoked someone's going to play it, and uh, we will release. I think maybe the end of this month we'll release a cute um, a survey, just a very brief thing. Just to like, hey, have you played it? What did you think? Give us some thoughts. Then we're gonna release it on the DMs Guild, so anyone will be able to uh, get it from there. Extremely, Woo-hoo. extremely cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this next question comes from the chat, uh, Sir, Lightning, Sir Lightning Potato. How tall is Danny? Um, Danny's like five one, <laughs> five two. She's a little short. Thing. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought Danny was like five five. No, D- man. Danny has like an no. inch or two on Kiana. Then. No, Danny is canonically the shortest member of the crew. <laughs> Kiana just no. has short energy. Also, I think Kiana Kiana's is shorter than Danny. Very short. <laughs> I, I thought Kiana Kiana's was under five, even. five feet. Yeah, like oh, what like, the heck? Yeah, like, there's this. Five even. What is this shortness arms race that's going on? I swear, <laughs> every time it comes up, your characters get shorter. Meanwhile, Finbar and Virla are standing at like positive giants. It's high contrast, yep. right? It's like it's yeah. important that there are I... two tall boys for every uh, <laughs> short king. <laughs> The funny yeah, thing is, like, I... this is the opposite of what's happened in the uh, in the Heart of Alinthi campaign I'm also in. <laughs> Not to cross-promo, but, like, in that one, I kind of assumed I was, like, middle height. Uh, but everyone is taller than me, up to and including the Aarakocra, who I had initially assumed was, like, a little orbular owl and is instead, like, a gorgeous harpy <laughs> lady. So... Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a problem. There's... I think there's a problem if the kobold is, is, is taller than you. Oh, the kobold's not taller than me. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> okay, you're, okay. You're right. My mistake. He just has right. that energy, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course. I well, I fully like... thought that Kiana was like five foot, Danny was five five, and Virla was, you know, Virla and That's Finbar. what I thought too, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> nah, she's a shorty. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
this question taken over from the chat here grace honeycutt if the crew was the scooby-doo team for a session who's who all right guys let's assign ourselves scooby-doo oh, 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 see no i just get stuck with fred uh ultimately i was gonna say whoever drives, yeah. the, whoever drives the car is fred argument though no that would mean that beer was fred not be an excellent Shaggy in the food situation department. Okay, That's food. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, and Verla drives uh, the ship and has a habit yeah. of making traps. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. You know what? So Verla's yeah, no, Fred. Fair enough. And he already kind of has the scarf, so the Ascot's covered. But is Verla Velma? Yeah. Because oh, Kiana got kidnapped mm. twice. She has to be Daphne. Kiana is 100% Daphne. Daphne. Yeah. That's the only yeah. one I'm 100% yes. certain of. I think Who's we're running the into the same. Who's the now? I think we're running into the same problem that we did when we were like, oh, who, who, which, which rolling with difficulty five man band people are, is that, is, it, yeah. there's, yeah. it's yeah. not really a great thing to, like, both Virla and Danny could be the smart one, both Keanu Thank and you, because you're Fred, aren't you? <laughs> no, I want to be Fred. I want to be the Ernest Trapped guy, assuming that we're talking about the Mystery Incorporated king. I was going to say, oh, yeah, there are different yeah. iterations. The Himbo of, King. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, Ultimately, plug is Scooby Doo though, like that. Yeah, that's no, yeah. yeah. That, one, yeah. that one goes without saying. Yeah, one hundred percent. And the pseudo dragon gets to be Scrappy. No, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Oh. The late arrival, specifically designed to be cute. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Although Chad is making a good point that Danny could be Shaggy because Plug is Scooby. That's true. That's a mm. that's a weak connection. I think. <laughs> the only reason why Danny's Danny no is coward. Shaggy is because Plug is Scooby. Plug is Scooby. <laughs> yeah, then, that's uh, fair. Yeah. Mm. Right. Good work, team. <laughs> <laughs> there I we want go. that fan art on my desk by next hey. Monday. <laughs> hey. Uh, oh we'll God, it's still only Monday. Yeah, we'll take a question oh, gosh, from the yeah. email next, I think, just to mix it up. Uh, this one comes from Caliburn to Austin. Who are your favorite NPCs Ooh. to play and why? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> I think perhaps I've gotten this question before, and it's a hard one because it's like picking children, but it's not that hard <laughs> because I do like some of my children more than others. Um, wow. The, For the legal answer, reasons, Austin has no real children. <laughs> I have no real children. Um, the, the answer is that... Uh, just like having a good time. I I'd say there's kind of two camps. There's in the moment who is just like, I get to just really cut loose with. And there's other ones who are, I think a lot about this character. And thus I'm very excited whenever I get to play them because I feel like I can reveal stuff about them. And I'm very prepared to play them because I'm thinking about their, their headspace and their desires and all this constantly. So in terms of the, the first camp, it's Davian. Yeah. Uh, yes. Davian, yeah, Davian. Davian with the what? note that also Cressida, but Cressida kind of falls into both camps. But Davian is definitely the most, like, um, uh, he's, he's just so off the cuff. He really has no, in, like, deep internality. He, <laughs> he's, uh, he's sort of all on the surface. Uh, and that's not to say that he's, like, dumb or anything. But uh, uh, it, no. it, to me, it's like I never have to be, like, doing chess on what he might say. I know exactly what he would say. In terms of complicated, <laughs> Maxim. I feel like I really think about Maxim a lot and how much, uh, like, what he would say and react to things. Uh, when Virla asked him in episode two of this season something something about gods, uh, mm -hmm. I, that was, like, a really fun moment for me because I was like, I know exactly how he feels about that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe Maxim with a note that also, and, it, like, also Elise is probably in there. 
So, I feel like Damien go. also has the advantage of like the Banderas accent, you know? Oh yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah, well, yeah, Damien like, just gets to be charming and fun. Austin yes. has like a series of accents that he's at any given moment waiting to do is the thing. So, like, <laughs> and that's not one this of them. This is true. So I, I'm surprised you've only had one instance of like the cronk and we have not seen different <laughs> yet, which is absolutely oh, shocking. Oh, no, don't uh, speak it into existence. Do The thing is, do I've thought a lot about what an NPC would have to be like to get the Doofenshmirtz voice, and it's um, there's there's a lot of criteria that need to get met. We don't need to like, get into like it right now. Like a kobold or something? Yeah, so, a kobold. I do. I do, I'm a fan of a spurt from from Critical Role. I feel like that's oh, like yeah. sort of the ideal okay. kobold yeah, voice. Yeah. yeah. Ah, eleven days. You know. So. I pitched Danny. We're all also, here. Yeah. <laughs> I pitched Danny. I uh I, I do see you guys in chat. Ioni. Uh. Yeah, it'd be cool to see Ione again. I know where she is. I'm just waiting for these guys to find her. <laughs> it's a big planescape. It's a big planescape. That's Speaking the problem. Speaking of so, the you know. size of the planescape, we got a question in chat from Emma. Uh, what planes of existence is the crew looking forward to visiting in the back half of this season or perhaps future seasons? We'll just say for future seasons for the sake of not... Uh... Ooh. speaking anything into existence but <laughs> what are some okay. things that you guys are excited to go to to visit i just got through doing uh, an illustration for the fuck i should put this on the red bubble the planescape map uh which involved yeah, looking yeah. up the, vi the visual descriptions of a lot of the planes we haven't been to most of them were like hell dimensions uh but we haven't been to isgard and i think that would slap because uh, oh, if any yeah. of us die heroically, we just come back the next day. I'm gonna die I like think that would be the best place. This, that is true. People who die heroically in that plane uh, are come yeah. back the next day. I yes. think that would be the best place to have our first canonical player death because uh, it would be temporary, but still dramatic. You're assuming that's mm. so like heroes and not like the little bitches that we are. Well, I don't know about the rest of you. <laughs> I'm planning oh. on going out like a badass. Also, canonically, uh, Isgard looks like Iceland, right? Because we, we picked up that Well, one. canonically, yes. it looks like if Iceland exploded so hard that, that is... gravity stopped working. Yeah. That's where yeah. four out of five of us were <laughs> last week and why there was a delay in the episode. It, both in that, it gave me a nice break to edit, and also four of us were in Iceland, and there was no physical way yes. to put the episode up while we were there. It, yeah, it works in multiple ways. We also mm -hmm. pushed back, like, because we're almost done recording, but we're not done recording the season, so it gave, like, I didn't have to prep something <laughs> while being away. It gave us some time, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I hope you guys enjoyed the cliffhanger of episode five. We promise it gets resolved in episode six. Um, I think we should go to Carcerai because it would be funny. That's my hat. Oh, Carcerai uh, is funny because there's no way out. Yeah, I was watching. Yeah. I was watching Red draw Carcerai, and I'm like, this makes no sense. I mean, it makes no, sense, but stupid. it doesn't make sense. It's planets and strung it's... together like pearls on a string or something, and then in each player, the, the, the planets planet. are smaller and shittier. Inside the planet, it's a smaller Small planet. planet. <laughs> See, now I'm worried that there's a Benoit Blanc planet. Planet. campaign somewhere because every guy <laughs> who had a Bane impression now also has a Benoit Blanc impression. <laughs> I, I mean, we were say, discussing. That's one of my least favorite TikTok things. Is people doing <laughs> Benoit Blanc voice. Well, we so, were discussing yeah. the possibility of like, you know, if we ever move on to a new party, we could be a bunch of like hard-boiled sigil detectives. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be fighting each other Drive for who gets to do the Benoit Blanc. <laughs> Every Red's character, Red's character is the last one to leave, and then she turns around and says, "One more thing." Yeah, hey, just one more thing. <laughs> She's from Planescape, uh, Planescape, New York. Yeah. <laughs> New New York. Yeah, uh, but we got more questions from the chat. This one comes from Daddy. Hey, that's a hey. Uh, everyone's favorite class IT. and subclass. 
Ooh. Oh. Uh, this is easy for uh. me. Um, bard, favorite class, hands down, not even a little bit close. And I'm kind <laughs> of a basic bitch, so I'm going to go with lore, although I got a lot of love for um, whispers and glamour uh, so as well. Mm. Bard, baby. It's shocking that I'm not playing one in this campaign, frankly. I, I I was surprised that we had no bards because I was I thought we were going to have to ask one person to not be a bard. Is <laughs> how well, I assumed it would break down. Um, Sophia and I I'll made a blood quick. pact yes. that uh, next the next, next campaign, oh, yeah. we're both doing bards. Yeah. Two bards, hard-boiled detectives. Yeah. yeah. You could be the two funny guys while the rest of us are serious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's never yeah, happened uh, before. <laughs> Not once right, have so. Sophia and Noir gone off on a weird little tangent together in the background of an episode. <laughs> Surely not. So, uh, so I'm a non-naturalized immigrant to the lands of D&D 5e, so instead of giving you the subclasses that I've never dealt with, uh, except for this one game, I'll give you my favorite D&D uh, 3.5 prestige class, the Shadow yeah. Dancer, which turns you into Nightcrawler at higher levels. <laughs> Just gives you free teleports between shadows. If you're a rogue, you get sneak attack every time you bamf out of it, so... It's uh, incredibly broken, just like everything else in 3.5, and that's why I love it so. <laughs> Hard boiled detectives, points, Mason makes stuff. Good job. Hey. Uh, it's got to happen. Uh, favorite class, druid. Favorite subclass, probably um, the Stars Druid, which I did play in so a campaign good. while he ran. And it's pretty epic when when you're, you get. Uh, Pinbar is not that high a level in Druid, but it's pretty epic when you're in a fight and, like, you know, someone's going to get knocked down. They're like, oh, they hit my AC by two, and you get to be, whoa, and roll a dice and lower it. And, oh, it's uh, coming. And they miss. It's extremely awesome. <laughs> oh, that, that's coming for Finbar. Oh, yes. right now. We're on the Honorable mention to Divine Soul Sorcerer, because you can break the game. It's <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's funny to me about 5e is that they were like, it doesn't seem right that paladins get to hog all the celestial, like, paladins and clerics get all the celestial magic, and warlocks get all the demon stuff, and sorcerers get all the dragon stuff, so we're just gonna shuffle it so you can just do whatever the fuck you want. It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. There are Ooh. rules. It's fine. Let me be unnecessarily broken. Um... It's like, I want like, a warlock with a pact with a god. That's a cleric, you punk bitch! Anyway. All right. It's anyone still going or oh, wait, yeah. no, I didn't uh, uh favorite class is um Ranger. I, I love playing Rangers, all kinds of Rangers. Uh, they've been extremely underpowered up until Tasha's hit. Um but with these fresh new variant rules, they're actually really fun to play it at the table. Um favorite subclass would not be a Ranger subclass, actually. It would probably be War Wizard. Um yeah. just due to uh the sheer Ooh, one. Uh, amount of versatility uh, that that provides in like a multi-class. So uh, War Wizard in tandem with like an Eldritch Knight is probably like my favorite combo. Uh, yeah, you created a devastating bad guy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I did that. Uh, we had, yeah. I think we almost died fighting him and we had to like leave and then go back. Oh yeah, huh. it was a good time. Yes. Well, um... I, I haven't actually played I haven't had the opportunity to play D and D all that much. I think I don't know. I don't know when you started playing Five E, at least Austin. But uh, I I haven't really actually played a lot of characters. Because you're uh, a perma DM, right? Like... Well, yeah, that was the case for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll do yeah. it. Uh, but I might 
I mean, I might have to go same as Sophia. I like lore bards, just kind of classic, you know? They're simple, uh, but they work so well. They're so versatile because when you get, like, two extra spells every couple levels, you can really build yeah. an incredibly customized character with, like, very few limitations. Um, you I know, it does it. feel like every cop show has those two guys, you know, the ones in the background that are just kind of doing their own thing until occasionally they get focused. Oh, my feel... God, I'm the Dinozo. <laughs> We're Michael and Hitchcock. What? Yeah, Denoso is one of the core cast. Yeah, but like arguably the the second most important character. One's in castle. Like one of them's the funny guy, and the other one's the serious guy. But it's always one castle. Exactly. Denoso and what's his face? McGee. McGee. Yeah, they always get sent off to do little. You think Denoso McGee? Or the, I can't get into this right now. <laughs> I can't with you right now. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a Next question, question so from uh, the email skull. real quick, and then we'll jump back to the chat. But, uh, this question comes from Etta. Hello, all, in the Individual Adventures episode. Danny got a new leather jacket, and Sophia briefly mentioned her adding new patches mm. to it, but she didn't mention what designs were on them. Would it be possible to get a description of her customized getup? I've been embroidering patches for a jacket of my own, and I would love to add a rolling yeah. with difficulty themed one to the collection, especially if it's an in-universe character costume oh, detail. First of all, that's incredibly cool. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah, that's rad as shit. Hell yeah. Um, as, as for the patches, I know I want them on there, but honestly did not think through too many of what would they be. Uh, I saw some fan art in the Discord uh, for a user yeah. whose name I am blanking on that did have Danny's patches on the jacket, and there was one that said problem causer. Um, yep. Yeah. I think that was orc art. They uh, they follow me on yes, Tumblr and yes. mostly post Aurora fan super, art. And they super, super cool. Uh, I right, love that yeah. art and also that patch. Um, I do think it would be fun to have a little like plug face, you know? Um, oh! So she can have a little plug with her everywhere she goes. But I also think it'd be incredibly funny yeah. to just have like an actual plug and not like <laughs> like that nice. you would plug into a yeah. socket and just have that yeah. represent plug. <laughs> That's pretty good. You know, the idea of, like, Danny making a tiny plug raises the possibility of if she could just make a very, very small copy of plug. Another second smaller plug. Or we simply shrink plug. Yeah, a second smaller plug. (laughs) That's that's who I think. uh, A plinth. I think think the actual scrappy-do of the Prasper would be, like, Danny's first (laughs) prototype. (laughs) No, it would would be her first prototype of plug. The proto-man of plug with a cool scarf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of, like, shoved off to the side and neglected. Uh, Sophia, we had... I had, I, I don't know if we ever, if this was captured in recording or anywhere, but I remember I asked you, like, did you ever do, did you ever, like, get a jacket for Egan or something like that? Just because, like, oh. it's, it felt like kind of round circle, at least in the in the flashback memory, it was the three of you, and then, you know. Yeah, in, I think she'd you know, get in, a in little two. patch for Egan you, on there. Um, yeah. Maybe, like, a little, like, French with a name on it or something, just equivalent. Because I feel like Danny's um, personal aesthetic and also her way of choosing things is just like, ooh, shiny, I want it. So um, any <laughs> patch that looked vaguely cool would probably end up on there. But definitely I think there's something for Egan. There's probably something for like the Heap generally, um, a little plug equivalent. And, of course, Problem Causer because, again, that's, that's just hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. There was also a bad girl on there, which was great. Also great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think she, that she should also just have some like random vintage ones that she picked up that she has no idea what they mean though. So like, <laughs> like, like yeah, a campaign like pin for like yeah. some like, long like deposed a, Lord of Hell. Yeah, like a yeah, biker yeah, yeah. club that no longer exists or something, and she's just like, I don't know, it looked neat. Um, I feel like that probably fills up a non-zero amount of the uh, the jacket. Nice. Warlord Vice for Supreme Ruler of Hell. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be extremely funny. <laughs> 
Yeah, right? <laughs> you meet him and Danny's like, oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I get it now. You don't yeah. look like the picture. <laughs> oh. Danny voice is relaxing to do. We, we are we're getting a lot of questions about how long we've all been playing. I don't yes. know. Whoa, uh, I was about to ask that one next. Um, how long have we all been playing D&D? Uh, I started playing Pathfinder when I was in middle school and then switched to D&D kind of late high school. So I've probably been playing D&D for about like, oh, God, um, nearly like eight years or so. But I oh, rarely DM. So I'm still very bad with the rules and all that. Um, yeah. But I think... <laughs> I like playing a variety of TTRPGs. D&D has always felt very comforting and homey to me, so I like to go back to it. But uh, mm. I started on Pathfinder, so I have no loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> I will play anything you put in front of me. Pathfinder is just D&D, but without the commitment. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I started when I was nine, joined my parents' uh, TTRPG group that had been running since I was... Uh, not Didn't exist since before I was born, when my parents were in nice. college. Nice. So uh, when I was about nine, they were like, I think she's ready. And they like ran a, what started off as like a fairly normal D&D game and then quickly exploded. No way. Uh, literally uh -huh. like the, the entire uh, universe kind of shattered and we had to figure out what to do about that. Uh, that's kind of par for the course. It, it, it's one of those gaming groups that's been gaming together for so long that everything is like eight degrees of separation removed from any source books that might have at one point been involved. Um, <laughs> so I've been in this for like... 17 years? Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we're old folks. <laughs> Not that uh, old, apparently. I think we, this I think this has come up before, but I, if I'm correct, Wally and I both started on the exact same day in, 2000, in 2018. Uh, yes. Correct. Uh, we, our very first session was the same session and started on 5e. But uh, so I'm, I'm a lot newer at it than hmm. I, I think anyone else. Uh, but I have I have played at least once a week basically since then. Usually twice a week. Many of often DMing. I started. Let's see. I started DMing. I mean, yeah, sometime in 2018, I ran my first one shot. But I think my first campaign that fizzled out. I started in like 2019 or 2020 or something like that. It didn't last very long. But yeah, that's how long I've been doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like I. It it always surprises me when you say that you that you started twenty eighteen because that's when that's when our uh, group campaign started around that time I think as well because a few months later <laughs> your life has been so densely populated <laughs> with Dungeons and Dragons yeah you, yes. you you grinded out like the yes. inherent knowledge needed I think I I think I speed run sorry yeah, exactly. Victoria. <laughs> I think I started the same around the same time as Sophia uh, at least when she given the timeline that she gave 2015 i was the one like my friends had you know discovered critical role back when it was like part of geek and sundry yeah like first campaign stuff uh and then they sort of got me into it and then you know all of us collectively were like hey we want to play D D." and then one of our other friends who had been planning for playing for forever and was like yeah we'll do three we'll do 3.5 and then and then that fizzled out and you're like hey we're gonna try this new they're going to try this new 5e and i i that was my first foray into it and then i kind of fizzled out uh over the next couple of years and, and then it wasn't until 2018 that i started playing uh at least dungeons and dragons and then that branched out into other ttrpgs uh more obsessively 
It's <laughs> wild to me that Critical Role made D and D sexy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was the one in middle school getting bullied for it, and now it's like the hot thing, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny yeah. to me too because, like, I read you and I both I think came into this through either parents or uh, older. Yep. Dudes. Yeah, because my dad played. Anyone who's listened to the Movie Shark episodes with my dad in it will know that he's uh, very cool in a nerdy way. But he played D and D a lot when he was growing up. Uh, but yeah. it, when it was still more of like a combat dungeon delvey game. So when yeah, we were like playing Pathfinder, it was a very different experience and very different like onboarding to what the point of the game is than I think people who came up in the critical role uh, post yeah. post the yeah. rise of the actual play <laughs> era did. And then that's nothing wrong with that. That's extremely cool. We make an actual play. We wouldn't be making it if we didn't yeah. think it was very cool. People were getting into the game through this. That's probably <laughs> my favorite thing that people to say to us. Uh, when they're like, oh, I decided to play my first game because of this. I'm like, hell yeah, this is super fun. Yeah. Everyone should do it. Um, yeah. But it is, it's, it's an anything, interesting like, uh, oh, way uh, to see like the different oh, play no, styles. Uh, <laughs> yeah. different play that's styles. the best reason to do an actual play. Yeah. yeah. I think that, uh, if anything, what Critical Role did is popularize a form of RP that up until then was not yeah. the dominant yeah. D&D thing. Like, nope. D&D yeah. was like renowned for being like the haven of power gamers and munchkins mm -hmm. and like you know uh kill the monster steal the treasure stab your buddy that then kind of thing the theater kids into it and now it's then they got the theater kids into it. i mean the theater kids have always been into it but they were a struggling minority until critical role made it cool and then yes. it's like they also made it look a little bit easy i think so a lot of people were like yeah oh. This is what D and D has to look like. It has to be this beautiful cinematic experience. Everyone yeah. has to do voices and be in character almost all the time. One thing I really like about um, how popular actual plays have gotten is that you you kind of get to see that every DM is different and every game is different. Um, mm -hmm. Just playing in Olynthia, I was like, there there was a moment in the the last session where we all like fully broke character and like stepped back to be the writers' room for a second to be like, okay, your character wants to do this. The party's not gonna do that, but like your character <laughs> wants to do this. So like, how do you want this to play out? Like, are you okay with me like restraining you? Yeah, that would be great. Let's do it. And I've never seen an actual play do that before, but it's such an interesting insight into how the game can be played. It's like you spend your time in character, you play out the character drama, but you're also the writers' room, and you can step back and be like, how do we want this to go actually? Mm -hmm. um, so it's very yeah. cool, and I'm happy it's happening. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's really, yeah. extremely cool. Um, but let's it's see. such a dense subject, but yeah, yeah we let's should take move a on. Few more it... questions. <laughs> um, this I got another one from the chat here. Uh, uh, reading is hard. Um, <laughs> you quick question: Did for Danny me, but or I don't Sophia wanna... ever rehearse the speech that she gave to Otto in season three, episode one? Uh, nope, not at all. <laughs> all in front, Off baby. the dome, baby. <laughs> the uh, thing I understand is that Sophia is not noir. Nope. Yeah. Well, okay, no. Here, that, I was going to say that, except for like... the entirety of this podcast. So when it comes to the actual <laughs> story, I'm just yes anding everyone else. <laughs> well, see, I'm the scrub who has to who has to like you know prepare a speech beforehand i think it's way way more impressive to just like you know spit something off the cuff like that and i think you know as far as you know peeling back the curtain that makes it even more impactful uh and so i was i was flabbergasted when that uh, happened in episode one and yeah so that was really that both was... of the uh lasses of the show get to show off their acting chops inadvertently at the very yeah. end of the oh, episode shucks. yeah <laughs> we both got to whip out the fake cry <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was fun too because like i i have kind of minimal experience acting uh i did one quarter with a theater program in high school and then i decided it was too scary and i left uh but as we oh. were building up to that conversation i was like if i just let myself kind of sink into this character i'm gonna start crying for real and i guess that's what acting is <laughs> so 
uh, it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had a fun time with it because I'm usually the comic relief. So this was nice to get to like preview what the Danny season might be like. I don't know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. I haven't really Let's prepared. Hurt Danny. <laughs> I haven't prepared myself for the reality that like, oh, uh, Danny's going to have to be like a full character for a while. So <laughs> <laughs> I have to like actually be ready to carry some plot. Uh, everyone else has been doing the heavy lifting thus far. And now I get to do more than do bits. Oh, boy. Um, uh, it's okay if you get kidnapped. Then you're the center of the plot, but also you don't need to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Danny can be player death, and then we can bring in my backup character for a session and go break her out of hell or something. It'll be fine. No! Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is what you wanted, Red, right? This is how you saw this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I wouldn't say no. Kiana <laughs> oh, right. hasn't enough, had, had enough opportunities to angst yet. You we know? wouldn't have... Yeah, also, we wouldn't be breaking Danny out of hell. We'd be saving hell from That's also very true. <laughs> yeah. true. We get there and like... Eleven advice is an opportunity. I'm not trapped in here with you. <laughs> I've got too many ins now. Um, <laughs> let's take another question from chat here. This comes from the Cottage of Curiosities. Uh, do any of you guys have a particularly favorite official D&D module for any edition? I remember a joke about Barovia once and it made me curious. I am particularly a fan of <laughs> Uh, right. Oh my Curse God. Of Strahd. That's... I mean, we keep making Strahd jokes. Uh, yes. I've never played it. It's probably fun. Me neither. Well, actually, no. I have I... played. I played. It, uh, Austin's brother played a very, very condensed Curse of Strahd, where basically we just dungeon crawled the castle. I'm pretty sure, and in a session, we like killed Strahd. I think it was just me, yes. Sophia, and maybe yeah. one of our other friends. Oh, I love huh. my character. Yes. Austin was there. I think there was three. It wasn't me. I've had okay. the opposite experience where when we went into lockdown, my brother ran for myself and some of his friends, Curse of Strahd, and we ran all the way up until the dungeon <laughs> castle Ravenloft. And then uh, people started to get busy and we decided to take a few weeks off. And that was years ago. And uh, some, someone, by the way, asked, is there a question? Or, sorry, is there a character you ever want to go back to? Yes. Bishop Brown, normal ass dude in the party of all these overpowered gods who's just in it to kill Strahd, yeah. ha the, the, the literal Hawkeye. Hawkeye of the group. The literally Matt Fraction with Edition Hawkeye. Yes, oh, we love that. That was him. He was always getting like the shit beat out of him, but I also I I rolled really well, so I had like crazy constitution. So Perfect. somehow he was the tank while also being a, a, a the ranged archer. It was very fun. <laughs> I miss him. Uh, I hope one day he gets to put a fucking arrow through Strahd because <laughs> One of my favorite moments ever was the beginning of the campaign. Strahd comes to take whatever the damsel in distress for this adventure is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, all the other characters who all came up with these backstories about being legendary monks from this lost citadel and like all these other things are like fighting off these dire wolves and shit like that. And my character just has a non-magic bow and was putting arrow after arrow into Strahd's chest. Uh, and then he walked up to me and threw me across the room. And, uh, <laughs> and ever since then, I want... One day I could stake that bastard. <laughs> That's great. Um, I have a lot. I, I mean, Strahd is, you know, the vampire one. It's iconic for a reason. Uh, I loved my character from that little one shot, uh, even though I got turned into a rat by a polymorph and did not get to do much with that draw. <laughs> uh, wop, wop. But I have a lot of fondness for um, Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Uh, I've run that a few times for some of my younger family members and also just other people. I think it's a good little intro if you want to do more about like one location than like the traveling because i think Waterdeep is a particularly interesting setting if you really get into all the the nitty-gritty of it um and it's uh i love a heist you know i love <laughs> heist is good i love oh yeah crimes, I did not there's a lot the more question. investigation related stuff going on there so that is my personal favorite module uh and then you know the um dungeon of the mad king etc cetera, etc cetera, that goes after it but Dragon Heist in particular. I, I've run that a few times and I do really, really enjoy it. Nice. Uh, 
I it, haven't played too many D&D modules. I will say, though, that I have a soft spot for the sort of the little adventure that goes with the D&D starters kit. The <laughs> one where basically Boss they have... Flammable. No, not what? not Fandelver. It's it's <laughs> it's it was the or was it the essentials? It was the new Those one. Those were words you said. It was the was new one where basically they 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 had like stat blocks for sidekicks that allowed. Oh, Dragon of Fire Peak. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm, yes. What would I keep in my brain if it wasn't all this useless junk? I I have a soft spot for that because uh, a couple years ago my partner was uh, interested in playing D and D, and mm. because like you know. It was just us two in Boston and no one else. Um, I got it, and you know we we played a couple of sessions together, uh, and so, you know, I just have fond memories of playing that with her. Mm. So oh, nice, yeah. I do feel like I didn't answer a question. I'll answer very quickly. Uh, I don't know that there all all of the the modules are. I think there's probably like stuff that's good and bad about all of them, but uh, for all of its flaws, I really enjoyed Descent into Avernus. I was uh, just about to say. I was going to yeah. say, Wally and I played Descent into Avernus. That was a very, an extremely epic campaign. Uh, really enjoyed it. But my favorite one that I've ever done that I think is actually just straight good is uh, in the um, the Wild Map book. There's a bunch of first to third level adventures that mm -hmm. you can run, and Tide of Retribution is just solid all the mm. way through. It's epic it's brief it's got pirates it's got sinking islands it's awesome so that's that's mine yeah oh that one's that's that one's uh, fun. one that currently is suffering from um the it's gonna happen it's gonna finish <laughs> we're gonna finish it. have... it's gonna we're gonna finish it two seconds we're gonna finish it we're so close we're literally yeah, yeah. like two sessions away yeah that's that's one uh, of the characters to the kind way. of like impound another question on here uh characters that you played like once and would want to play again uh, my warlock from that mini campaign, I love her so much. I want to play her and everything. Um, she has a little dumb lizard because I like to have little dudes. That Hell yeah. Kickstarted my love of dumb little dudes. Yeah. Fully just uh. like the best marine iguana of all time. No notes. <laughs> I love Bart. Stupid Bart. I love him so uh, much. <laughs> Speaking of pirates, uh, the uh, Ghost of Salt Marsh, that Ooh. book has a lot of really uh. solid adventures. Um, uh, I think our DM for me and Austin's table ran um, one of the one shots from there. And I've been at other tables where we run other parts of the book. Uh, really solid, uh, fun stuff, fun pirate theme stuff. The, some of the monsters from that book are also fairly good, like drowned uh, themed creatures. Um, mm. And in terms of characters that I would like to replay again, uh, I once built a uh, level 14 um, Dars Druid uh, mm. that... Uh, D uh, that uh, uses both wild shapes to become a uh, flying eldritch octopus, oh. um, uh, <laughs> which was uh, extremely fun uh, to run uh, for the one shot that uh, we did. Forgot about that. Very cool. God, very very cool. Uh, but we'll take another question from chat here. Uh, this time for Red, do you see Kiana continuing her barbarian training and choosing a path subclass? Or gaining more monk experience and eventually unlocking Suvi's astral body, or is it a combination? So, what are you you're going? You're multi-class. This is new for one of our our player characters, other than uh, Finbar. What are you? Yeah. Uh, what are you? What's the plan? What is happening? Yeah, uh, plan is a strong word for what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> I I kind of I think I might have talked about this in a previous stream, but I had this sort of moment of realization that Kiana has not made a single decision in her life except to run away that one time. 
Uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, I could take another monk level. But who was it who made me a monk in the first place? Oh, yeah, the Mind Flayers. Hmm. <laughs> um, maybe this isn't 100% the healthiest thing for me to do. Uh, and the way I've sort of been playing this one barbarian level is like, oh, there is power to be gained from admitting that you have emotions sometimes. Uh, which I think is a really interesting... Uh, turn on its head from the way that you know monks especially monks being raised by fucking mind flayers uh you know would have been taught to function um so getting one level and getting the rage uh was already very useful <laughs> tactically has saved my ass on multiple occasions at this point because uh having damage is crazy when you only have 60 something hit points uh getting more levels with barbarian is a bit of a tough call right now because level two is almost nothing but level three you get to choose the path uh but my next monk level gives me a lot of good stuff so it i'm not trying to like <laughs> metagame here it's just i think right now it's it, it makes more sense to continue doing the like to you know dip your toe into the the whole barbarian self-actualization stuff and and figure all that junk out uh, while still also being like, but I am really good at this, you know? <laughs> this is the thing I've trained in my entire Yay, life. It is kind of cool that I'll be able to walk on water. Um, <laughs> uh, without a ring of water walking. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, uh, it, <laughs> the, the next dope. monk level I take, I think, lets me do, like, it, it essentially lets me wall run and, like, run across water, which I could, you know, I have the slippers of spider climb. They're very useful. They can do the wall run thing anyway. So it... it, it I think that's why I took the Barbarian level in the first place. I was like, not only is this monk level redundant, I have a really good in-character reason to branch out. Um, so the TLDR is I don't have a plan, and I'm going to figure this out the next time we level up, which it better be fucking soon, considering the thing I have to do in the next thing, which is a spoiler, so I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, should you survive the next thing, uh, yeah, the next there's thing, very, yeah. There yeah, thanks, very possibly may be a level up in your future. Oh, how generous. Oh, hey, okay. If you can... Com complete great deeds then you know you get a reward uh-huh uh -huh. great so. excellent suvi is henry cavill yes guys we can't do this <laughs> uh, also question who's the hot one in the crew it, it's finbar right like it's finbar it's, yeah <laughs> why is that a question yeah. have you seen how many x's he has danny has yeah. no x's <laughs> notches on his bedpost heart's broken in his way yeah I love having the list of Finbar's exes. It's so <laughs> oh, yeah. He still has that. Yes. Yeah. Will there, there there might be some use. I I do feel like we there's no way we could get to all of them. No, no, like so definitely like we should we should tease like some that we'll never Finbar's meet. Finbar's Scott Pilgrim journey. Right? I, I was gonna say I think <laughs> oh we just God, need a Scott yes. Pilgrim season. Just. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder how many of them were just the uh, that meme of uh, you're stupid. I like that in a man. <laughs> 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 it's a lot of them. <laughs> uh, this question comes. Yeah, that's, from... that's also what Davian has going for him. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Uh, this question from the email uh, from Gatras. Uh, what's everyone's favorite food slash drink? And for Finbar and Elise, what's their favorite to make? So I think this is in reference to the character's favorite food and drink, Ooh. and also the best favorite of our resident chefs to cook. Um, Danny's is anything spicy. Particularly, like, mm. if uh, if there are those, like, spicy instant noodles, like the flame ones, <laughs> that's probably... Come on, the, man. It's cheap, 
It's flavorful. Just a bag of flaming hot Cheetos. Spicy 20-cent instant ramen. <laughs> yeah. Crucially, does Danny know how to cook it? No. Or is this one of those like... Eat it like a biscuit? Not. Why yeah. is it still crunchy? <laughs> Did you put Ow. in the flavor? What? She you mean the little preservative like, packet? I, I threw that out. Danny no. cooks it, Danny. but not long enough, so it is still like... It's, Danny bashes up the noodles, <laughs> crunches oh, them, and then soaks the powder. <laughs> Uh, what about the rest Awful. of Awful. Worst possible answer. <laughs> I think I won. Oh, God. Uh, Kiana's favorite is anything new. That's why she uh, Finbar actually doesn't have uh, that complicated of a, like, a palate. Uh, he, he likes seafood. Um, he likes bar food. Nothing too crazy. Um, <laughs> he kind of learned all the fancy stuff in, uh, as in culinary school. And he's like, okay, that's cool. I can do that. But like some of the simple stuff is sort of his favorite. Um, and in terms of the kind of food that they like to make together, um, Elise kind of takes over in the kitchen. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's better for both of them if, uh, you know, if Finbar just lets Elise do what she wants to do in the kitchen and he does his best to help out. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think, I think yeah. go on, Vila. Oh, yeah. More. I think, well, I think Vila's favorite meal probably would have been something that Finbar cooked, like, in the time of Praspera. I don't know. I don't know if he would have remembered eating anything beforehand. Uh, you know, so... You don't take a I, I, something I, and then have, like, a Ratatouille-style flashback to... <laughs> that's that's how he figures out his past. He's just got... <laughs> yeah, uh... If only were that easy. I know. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it would be anything really significant. Nothing like the Storge or anything like that. But I think just some a certain meal that Finbar had cooked. Right now it's nondescript because we never fleshed that out, but something that Finbar cooked is would have been his favorite. Nice. Um, this question also comes from the email uh, from uh, PR Stevens. For Sophia and Noir, what are the key features in playing a high-int, low-wiz player character? <laughs> Great question. Uh, such a deep and nuanced thing um i have a low intelligence so it's easy for me to make dumb choices but then i can roll really well on tools checks so my answer is just be dumb and then when you have to roll you can roll well and it'll all balance out she's doing method <laughs> yeah yeah uh so what is it in D D? the difference between wisdom and intelligence is like it's like book smarts books, versus book smarts, smarts versus street smarts yeah right so i guess like if you wanted like i don't know a definition type answer it would be like you know someone who's very academic maybe like was eager to learn a lot but was very sheltered as a child and so then when they out when they went out to go adventure they have absolutely no sort of instinct for you know how, how things work in the real world uh, that's not really the case for virla virla has actually has decent uh, wisdom yeah by, it's very... i guess how you would play a high end low charisma character is a whole other thing. Um, yeah, I found out recently, uh, yeah. like there was an episode we were recording and we talked about what our wisdom scores were briefly. And I thought, Noir, that Virla's was also very low, but actually you're a nah, positive no. modifier and it's just me the yeah. whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like compared to Kiana and Finbar, like, well, yeah, but they're not even on their level. <laughs> Virla has a wisdom that's, you know, kind of the, like, kind of, kind of the base standard, you know? He he has enough self preservation. Well, not recently. 
But he has enough self-preservation <laughs> to, like, not do anything, like, too, too uh, stupid. I like to think of playing a high int, low wiz character, because there's a lot of different ways you can play them, right? It kind of depends on what the specific one you want to play is. But in my general uh, assumption in, in Danny, it's uh, she is the reason that Michael Crichton wrote novels. Uh, she never stopped to ask if she <laughs> should. Because <laughs> wisdom yeah. would tell you whether or not you Actually, should do something. It's all but intelligence together. is all asking Actually, if you yeah, could, and that you. is... 100% yep. the way I play this game. Actually, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking about uh, the the Zagutmoy portal. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about it. shooting the motive force generator as move one in combat. <laughs> uh -huh. There's going to be... Viral is probably the same way as well. He probably got that from Danny now that I'm thinking about it. Viral has picked up some bad habits. There's also a moment in the upcoming episode, slight spoilers, where like mm -hmm. something happens and then like one of us apologizes and then like me and Sophia are like, now nah, we would have done the same thing. Don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Who is Michael Crichton? Michael, uh, Crichton? Michael Crichton is the guy who wrote Jurassic Park. <laughs> And uh, the old uh, your scientists screen. were so preoccupied with whether yes. or not they could that uh, <laughs> they didn't ask themselves, they didn't take the time. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, Danny's response would be like, Yeah, but then we wouldn't have Jurassic Park. Yeah, <laughs> if Danny was in charge of Jurassic Park, uh, no one would have even made it to the island in the first place. The dinosaurs, <laughs> it might have been better, the whole thing would have just burned before anyone got there. Uh, the, that's the one they did with the volcano, yeah. It. More questions, more questions. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, more questions. Will we ever get a Rolling with Difficulty Beach episode? Answer the question, Austin. <laughs> Let us go uh, to the beach. There's a lot of sand in Pandemonium, and that would be a good place to go for my enjoyment, not for the characters. There's no oceans in Pandemonium, and we'd all go deaf in three minutes. Uh, yes, but there's a lot of sand. Um, That's true. So... Battle Royale style. I don't know how I'd run a game that was Battle Royale, but I'd love to do a Battle Royale one-shot and watch uh, Finbar kill everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah. Depends on how speedy I am. Uh, to, is there a beach episode? Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I like to give them some doubt. As you've seen, sometimes they get a break and then it's not followed by an Eldritch Horror. That's that does thing. occasionally happen. I do worry happen. that if we had a beach episode, the second half of the beach episode would be the new scariest yeah. thing that's ever happened. We'd be them. fighting I, Aboleths or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. It would be an environmental hazard. It's I a beach there's, episode, there's a... but it's the beach episode from old, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, God. <laughs> the beach that makes you old? <laughs> the beach that makes you old. It's not a good theater watch. Um, <laughs> you watched that in theaters? Yes. Yeah, we saw that in theaters. We're getting away from that. Um, the, the point of a beach episode is to uh, give everyone a break, and that's sort of undramatic. And uh, if these guys ever figure out how to spin all the plates that I've tossed to them, I would simply add more plates. They should never, they should never be resting because that's how you keep drama up and you need to give them breaks and victories. But overall, there can't just be huge valleys of nothing happening because then, you know. Episode we're, two we're not a 150 episode uh, TTRPG yeah. uh, actual Thanks, play. We're, we're, you know, <laughs> we're smaller, so we keep things going. We're, are we subtweeting Matt Mercer again? again. Not a <laughs> There's plenty of that wasn't you know. that wasn't a subtweet. That was just fact. <laughs> like yeah, we're, we're I not, do have not to a line hat. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I, Danny did use wind wall, and I now have to eat my hat. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I have no choice but to have it prepared every day. It's not up to me. <laughs> Wait, Unlike... can, can you prepare spells? Yeah. Yes. yes. But you don't. But you don't. That's not. No. That's a negative <laughs> wisdom. Remember when for I you said folks. 
Um, I'm method acting high and low whiz. Yeah. But little brain can't handle having to change spells every in-game 24 hours. So I just pick the ones I like, like I'm playing a bard or something, and then I only <laughs> use them. Sure. Danny sure. could just have Revivify at any time. <laughs> she sure could. That would be startling if she used Revivify. I don't even oh know goodness. how I would react. You need to buy a new hat just so you'd have <laughs> to buy a new hat just to eat it. Uh, yeah, and people would turn blue every time uh, she used it. So. Oh my god, <laughs> yes! Mm, it all turned blue. It's all coming together. Okay. God, mm -hmm. yeah. Revivify is the within 10 rounds one, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, within like a minute, the, yeah. yeah. It's like a defibrillator later, basically. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> but because it's a form of <laughs> resurrection, it's still... <laughs> I was hoping we just move past it, Noir. <laughs> I, I was fully ready to just let it go. I was like, I catch every single one. I can let oh, this God. one slide. And then Noir was laughing so much. <laughs> Because I'll say something silly and then Noir starts laughing and then we both start. This is what happened with Honk Shoe, everybody. Me, me, me. It's an it's a stupid <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, only yeah. for Noir. And then both yeah. of us were dying in the background of a very serious moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fuck. Okay. Uh, oh, man. Uh, we're good. We're good. Oh, man. Um, great. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, grass blade really quick college of feast subclass is actually on our patreon right now if you subscribe at the five dollar or higher level you can get the quote playtest version but we are going to release it on the dm's guild at some point for anyone to get so yes it's out there those are the options um another question from chat what is the best line you've said in character not just in this campaign but ever so what's your uh what best line you've ever said in oh, character fuck honk shoe everybody me 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 there <laughs> <laughs> you go uh, fuck that's a good question i don't, I don't oof. Uh, that's something i'm gonna be thinking about for a long time does anyone have an answer or... um should i give my bullshit give your bullshit i gave once sort of off the dome speech um for in our in our big epic defeat a uh, rage of tmat campaign mm -hmm. that was um uh we'd saved el Terrell. And now, like, the world was... Tiamat had escaped and the world was... But there's so much backstory here. Anyway, he gave a really <laughs> nice speech about how um, they were going to... Like, the, the war that they had been losing, they were going to start winning because uh, they had been to hell. And so they knew what, like, you know, true nightmare was. And this... Uh, and though, you know, they'd gone to fight a war on other shores before and lost this time, the devils had brought the war to them and they were going to, you know, make them pay. Uh, and it, and uh, the city that had fallen... Uh, will never fall again, it will rise. Uh, and then he cast a 10th level spell that we'd gotten from the distant past and made the city fly, and that was pretty epic. Hey, hey. That was pretty cool. So it's not a whole quote, but it was a pretty good, it felt pretty good in the moment. I don't remember anything I've said in my life. Yeah, I was still so. <laughs> <laughs> Chad's gonna need to help me out on this one. Yeah, That's it. That's the best thing you've said. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is sometimes like OSP stuff breaches containment and makes it onto those incorrect quotes blogs and then just kind of sure. comes full circle, but that's not quite the same thing as this. Yeah. I feel like I have favorite moments, but I couldn't tell you, like, a quote, you know? Like, I couldn't give you a line, necessarily. Um, yeah. My favorite thing isn't necessarily a quote, but it is It is. A, it is a line that was said, but the moment is kind of what really makes it. Uh, so, one summer, uh, talk about cross-posting, Blue and Cyan of OSP hey! ran a uh, really, really quick, uh, sort of, uh, like, every session you level up, 
kind of kind of thing. Yeah, evil campaign. They had made this bullshit world. I think Blue might have put it on his, uh, the OSP Twitter at yeah. some point. But um, I played uh, a mime bard. So oh, right, the my, mime bard. Yeah, so my my whole shtick was that, you know, I'm a bard, but I don't say anything. And everything that I had to do, I had to explain. And, you know, it was basically just, like, physical comedy. But, of course, as is my want, I had a very tragic backstory behind it. And he was, like, you know, like in which the mime was traumatized... Uh, by some really, really horrible event, so he vowed to never speak, is what it was. Well, uh, cut to, I think, one of the, like, kind of midway through the summer, um, and we are, like, laying siege to some fort or something like that, oh, and yeah. A fort everyone at is... night, perhaps? Yeah. Right, I'm so sorry. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's just hiding in... Everyone's hiding in the bushes because we're trying to stealth in. Wow. Uh, and then uh, Cyan says, uh, Mime, you see the person who instigated this very, this, this, you know, the whole traumatic backstory thing. And uh, not really thinking about it, I, as the mime, yell audibly, like, what? Both breaking the whole mime thing uh, intentionally, because, you know, he's going to get catharsis from killing this guy. Uh, and then also just, you know, ruining the stealth plan entirely. Um, and then afterwards, the mime was an asshole. He should have stayed quiet. <laughs> So that's before or after my cleric uh, thought that's that after had... you confused yeah. anti-life okay, shell with mind. global vulnerability and took 800 yeah. arrows yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cleric cast anti-life shell and walked out into a field and was like everyone shoot at me and oh, they... yeah that's not how that spell works <laughs> yeah uh, that is the only time I've ever played cleric it was death domain uh, cleric she was the son of the god of death, so Hades, essentially. AKA, I was Zagreus before it was cool because I died every single session and then just came back the next time like it was nothing. Um, <laughs> no, that was... The mime was something. Read your spells, yeah. kids. Check, read your spells. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> That's, like, my nightmare scenario. That's why I read the descriptions of the druid spell list, like, in triplicate before I try casting anything. Uh, That's I not read that was really exactly... funny. I think that would be great to see on an actual play. God, Here's nightmare. I'd like to read spells exactly enough so that I know how to ask questions to potentially abuse them, which is how you get things like catapulting <laughs> a bomb off of the side of the ship and yes. insta-killing oh more enemies. God, that was incredible. Right, that's yeah. the coolest thing I've ever done. But uh, if you read the rules as written of catapult, it's not exactly clear that that's how you could use it. So you gotta just read your spells like exactly enough to know how to abuse them. That's my take mm -hmm. on playing a spellcaster. <laughs> That reminds me, <laughs> nobody uses sending world stones world correctly. Uh, no, no, we no, do not. No. And I love that. Machines. <laughs> it's uh, it's evidence in my uh, my overarching thesis. Stay tuned for a video in like three months if I can ever fucking finish it uh, about how the uh, widespread usage of cell phones that makes the world so much more connected than it's yeah. ever been these days has changed the way everybody's brain works. Uh, yeah. To to flip it from being in communication with somebody over a long distance is a exception to the rule, uh, which was the previous way things worked, to being in long distance communication with everybody is something that should happen whenever it's convenient for me. And if that's not happening, it's a sign that something is wrong. Uh, so people use sending stones like cell phones instead of you can use these to cast sending once a day. Yeah. 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 We like our Also, like mind blink doesn't talkies. work if the person's out of my my uh, my view, but, you know, Man. I didn't so want to say that when I was inside a volcano. Is I that true? Wow. I'm sorry. No, it's no, wait, It's been no. on my character sheet the whole time, oh, I guess. Wait. Am I thinking of... They can only reply 
to my mind link if they if we're within like uh like view of each other or something. Uh, yeah, um, what am I thinking of? That's the one that lets you. Is it the the warlock or no the sorcerer the Abermind sorcerer that lets you connect and then it lets you be like seven miles apart but only for yeah. seven minutes and it makes yeah. no goddamn sense because how yeah. could you get seven miles apart in seven minutes? Uh, I gotta mention that what the fuck was it? There was like a thread I want to say on like the on the giant in the playground forum. Uh, love giant in the playground. Oh yeah, I mean I love Order of the Stick, which is on that website. Uh, they had someone had found a way to use magic mouth to build an entire like interconnected phone system uh, by essentially using grains of sand enchanted with highly specific magic mouths to recreate electronic components. I tuned out fifteen paragraphs in. Yeah, that smacks of a peasant railgun. It's that's... fucking bananas. It, this is like the uh, this is like, what was there was a version of D and D where like I think. Uh, uh, if you were like a fighter and you used great cleave and killed something, you could move six. You could move to the next square over and attack again. So if you had like a like a chain of cobalt stretching across the continent, the the fighter could just great cleave their way through them and cross one end of the map to the other. Yeah, it's exactly like peasant railgun, where it's like every yeah. peasant holds their action to move the the cannonball from one person yeah. to the next, and you just shoot it. This game is fucking stupid. This is why this is why I like that we've got this new more like RP heavy style that that Critical Role has sort of promoted. Because back in the day, you'd have people arguing with the DM about why they should be allowed to make the peasant railgun, and it's like just because rules as written allows it doesn't mean I'm gonna. Whereas nowadays, it's like, well, but would it be in character to build it's the peasant railgun? It's important to have a healthy respect for your DM saying no, but also sometimes you do have to ask the question. Hi, I'm Sophia, and I like to push the big red button when Austin puts. <laughs> hey, yeah, I wouldn't put them there if I didn't want someone to push them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but the reason you want them to push us is what is what concerns me a lot of the time. It's cruel to the rest of us. Putting oh, it's... <laughs> Our party is composed of 50% compulsive button pushers. <laughs> hey, high five. Honestly, more. that's a pretty low percentage given yeah, most parties. It's true. You could, you could have grains of sand basically saying like one or zero. That's oh, pretty much how this ended Christ. up to me. I, I'll find the thread for you. You've created a transistor which allows you to add, which allows you to multiply, which allows you to do anything. Uh, uh, we've got time for like one or two more questions and I think we have to do it to go. So to yeah. not end on Peasant Railgun, this one comes from the email. Um, which character would you most like to meet? But like in real life, Ooh. or or like our characters would like to meet. I think uh... I imagine if you were a person, you as the person, if you were a person, imagine you're a person. If you were a person, <laughs> like who would you want to meet? Which character? It sounds like to me. Yeah, uh, Finbar, because uh. he would feed us. Yeah, yeah. Was... That's Finbar is the most likely to be kind and not get me into danger. So that yeah. does seem like an obvious choice. I think, I think Davion could take me on a cool oh, like you know tour what? of the right. Planescape. Yeah. <laughs> Davian, yeah. I mean, Davian's always an option. Davian's uh, always an option. Cressida kind of would be like interesting <laughs> to hang out with for a day. Yeah, I think Cressida would get grading oh. because the, the problem with Cressida is that she's very, very oh. confident that she's cooler than you. <laughs> so, so there's definitely a kind of person that she's into. Yeah. Just for a day. After that, you know, we'll see. I, I, I forgot my boy, Roy. I got one. I got one. Oh. <laughs> Well, Fair thank enough. you for sending me this red. Yeah, <laughs> I, I apologize in advance. This is going to be worse than that fucking hat problem rabbit hole. 
I solved that no, one. No. I'll let oh, you good know. Job. Yeah. Noir's logic puzzles from vacation Don't. infect this live stream. Hey, that wasn't his fault. That was my friend's fault. <laughs> I feel I like Hero, Hero would like. Uh, you get some. You get to see some dope shit if you hung out with Hira for a day. It's true, Why yeah. Does oh, yeah, Davion true. look like Will Turner, Orlando Bloom? Uh, because that's a pirate. <laughs> Uh, pirate specifically he's yeah that's mm, that's pretty good so i i don't describe the npcs that much the first is because um it's one of the last things that comes to my mind when i'm like running the session but also because i really like that people come out with very different looks for like there's been so many different elise looks i love seeing Mm -hmm. uh there's a couple different ioni that have been really cool but i think if i had to describe it i do love him as being like a pretty boy but i feel like he looks a little i feel like he looks spooky like I feel like his cheekbones are too sh- like a little too sharp, and his chin is a little too uh, like ah, you know maleficent energy. Yeah, he's a little he's a little bit maleficent, I think. Uh, which, jokes you know, on you. For that some people, yeah, I was gonna say that that I feel like that does work for the internet, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, because um... because because of the tiefling stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, I imagine what? that first of all, he's a tiefling from like many generations back because tiefling like you know reads true if you have a parent who's a tiefling you're gonna end up a tiefling but i think he also got cross like i think he also has a devil on like his mom's side that came in there so i think he's tiefling twice over Ooh. oh awesome spicy I, boy yeah i've always so. imagined dev patel uh <laughs> i do think of, that's funny because my my tiefling that i played for 20 levels i was think it was dev looking patel? like dev patel i think <laughs> it was, uh, i think it was got, looking like dev patel you we got need to get patel a pedro pascal in here somewhere we like, do we, we oh gotta get someone with that energy we need that energy of like effortlessly sexy but every picture of him that's not like putting on a character it looks like that one picture of the hamster doing the like peace sign <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing we need that, and we need, uh, like, uh, Ben Affleck getting Duncan in here somewhere. <laughs> huh. I feel like um, we're just reinventing Galir from Dimension Twin. Lava <laughs> Galir! No, he's way more bad. At- yeah, I mean, this, well, is, this is actually a question I have for the cast, because uh, I think about yeah, this yeah, sometimes, because yeah. obviously we're actual play players now. Um, but do you ever think about, like, what, like, Dimension 20 or Critical Role person your play style is the most similar to? Because I did a little soul-searching, and I used to think it was Sam Regal, but now I'm pretty yes. damn sure it's Emily Axford. It's uh, Emily Axford. You're both <laughs> chaos goblins. That's, I was oh, going to say, I feel like I'm Murph in the terms of, like, I am lawful neutral player. I will make sure all rules are adhered to both for the DM's benefit and for the player's benefit, and I want to be punished for my bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> Liam I... O'Brien, my beloved. Oh god. <laughs> oh, you're you're a big Liam so O'Brien. Deeply. I yeah. feel like Zach Oyama's. I, I was going what, to say. What player described it as his word economy being like incredible? Like he's quiet a lot of the time, and then he says something yeah. that's either incredibly hilarious or heartbreaking, yeah. and then just everybody has to just live with that and move on. And like that's who I aspire to be. Yeah. Somebody who can actually shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I also want me to not be doing this. <laughs> I see me doing this and I don't like it either. <laughs> oh, that's oh really funny. That's so good. That's so yeah. good. I, I don't think I'm self-aware enough of my play style to be. Uh, we both probably oh? bought it on yeah. Mod Cloth in the early 2000s. It's there we go. red stripe. She wears it in a few of the um, early Fantasy High episodes. And I saw it and I was mm. like, the Spider-Man pointing me. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I think I aspire to have the Travis Willingham play style. Oh, yeah. uh, he's a which great is, player. He's, he's great. Player. And I, so smart. I love his philosophy on D&D, which is like, you could do the safe option, but, but the other option is the one you'll yes. remember forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's also very good at like lifting up his fellow players, which is not to say that the rest of the table are selfish role players or anything. No, but no. by watching him, I am always amazed by how he seems to always be like, yeah, how can I like, okay, spotlights on me. How can I just expand it to like bring this person in next to me? So yeah. he did that with Bo a lot, and uh, yeah, yeah, I think because uh, I mean, a lot of characters will gro- will you know glom onto one other. So you know Caleb yeah. and not for example, but I. I feel like he was very good at, like, you know, making relationships with all the characters, so. Yeah. The fact that he managed to make Grog work when Grog is, like, kind of a joke character and kind of a stock character, and then it just turns into, like, this really sweet character. Like, I'm I'm just very impressed with what they did with him in Season 2 of Legend of Vox Machina, honestly. uh, You need to be very smart to play a dumb character well. Yeah, and it's fun how you can sometimes, like, when he drops the Grog voice to get tactical in Campaign 1, because he's like, (laughs) like, oh, sorry, I can't read. That's the brilliance of Ford, too, is Ford gets to be, like, so charismatic, so dumb in wisdom, but, like, so smart in terms of like, hey guys, let's make a let's make a plan here. Come let's on, make a plan, yeah. yeah. We're all, no, we're all gonna die. And honestly, dump, I dump your whiz stat, baby. It always no, is a good don't do idea. it. Don't Excellent. listen. That's the devil talking. <laughs> but also, I I honestly really like uh, playing a support character. Sometimes you know, it's a much less stressful. Uh, and B, you can do a lot with a little, honestly. Yeah. Just like yeah. a just like a little thing that uh, gives somebody else something to respond to that highlights an aspect of their character that maybe hasn't been seen before, uh, or just something that plays up like the tragedy of something they've just done or or the coolness of something. Uh, it's it's like A, relaxing, and B, surprisingly easy. So yeah, that's yeah. that's my that's my ideal. Wally, what's yours? Oh, God. <laughs> I, it's tough. So in terms of like uh, Dimension Twenty, like I would love to be like a, more like like Zach Oyama, but oh, like yeah. Lou energy oh, is Lou. another thing. Lou is severely, I think, underrated, and people sure. like him. It's just, yeah. I I think it was uh, when I was watching. Was it? It might have been Calamity. Uh, where I, I, it just reaffirmed what I already knew, which is that Lou Wilson always understands the assignment. He always yeah. brings the energy that he has to. So in uh, yeah. in Fantasy High, he's like, I'm going to play a ridiculously flamboyant sheltered rich boy. And then uh, in, in fucking uh, or, uh, Unsleeping City, Kingston Brown from Uptown. And it's like, he seems tired. He seems chill. He's and just like a dad. Of, uh, Faye and Flowers. Faye and Flowers. Rich Another boy. flamboyant rich boy. <laughs> If I had a nickel, <laughs> I'd have three. Uh, but then, like, you can kind of tell in uh, in in Calamity, he's sort of the character who's not really doing as much as the rest in the early stages, where it's like, uh, when they were having the conversation, like, how nasty are we? You know, like, how, how much are we pulling the strings behind the scenes? He's like, yeah, I'm a little nasty. You know, I'm probably, like, doing some financial stuff, but I'm not, like... Uh, dimension hop and nasty or whatever so in the early stages when it's like the calm before the storm he's like the one person kind of trying to mind his business and do his job and then when everything goes to shit you can kind of tell he's like oh i'm gonna get a chance to shine and he does he gets a really really good one and you can kind of tell he was like waiting for it um damn the ring of gold etc etc lou wilson always understands the assignment (laughs) 
Absolutely. Uh, but before we get too deep into uh, telling, saying how much we love the entire D20 cast, uh, we should probably <laughs> take one last question and then wrap this up. Uh, I think we got a good, good one in chat to kind of go out on. So uh, what is a non-spoilery character detail you haven't gotten to show off much that you really like about your characters? So like a little character quirk or something that's not a spoiler necessarily, but that we haven't had an opportunity to share off in, in campaign. Hmm. I have one, but it is spoilery. Uh, <laughs> I know, it's very hard. Uh, I, uh, I mean, but, yeah, go ahead. Well, mine's not really a, a small detail. It's just a, a facet that hasn't really come up yet. Uh, but I... <laughs> in my head, I, I think of Kiana as a shockingly sh selfish person. Uh, and I think it's kind of interesting that that just hasn't really come up yet. Because the entire way that she functions is like... You know, I have to separate myself from everything I've ever known and everything around me to ask the question, what do I want in this moment? Uh, which is why the beginning of season... Intense group conversation was so interesting. Is like, oh, is this going to be it? Am I going to have to actually make the decision I know Kiana's going to make uh, if pressed? And it just doesn't come up because she's nice and she's with people that she likes and agrees with. But uh, it just hasn't come up that when it... You know, when it comes down to it, she has to go with what she thinks is right, no matter what. That's very I mean, cool. That, I like that as yeah. a quote flaw, the like, you know, I, I am very committed to my ideal and like, screw anyone who disagrees with me. I'm just gonna The Superman in the yeah. Justice League fault, where he's like, well, okay, I know you guys are all like saying you know better, but I know better. So we're going to do my thing. I mean, she's very strongly based on Aang and Aang starts and ends Last Airbender, a fundamentally selfish person. Uh, there, That's an explicit conversation he has with uh, with the um, uh, Avatar Yang Chen, I want to say, where she's like, you know, self, uh, you know, selfless duty requires you to sacrifice your own spiritual needs to, for the good of the world. And he doesn't do that. But it's a victory because he's a child, and that's a show about how child soldiers shouldn't be needed. And it's a victory that they all get to still be kids at the end. Uh, anyway, selfishness is not an inherently that's... unheroic quality, but it easily can be. That's pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Thanks. I, I'll go last because I'll ask you guys something before it happens. But do you guys, does anyone else have anything? Uh... Not particularly. Okay. Okay, well, <laughs> oh, no. well, okay, well, let me throw this out there while you're thinking. Uh, I'll throw this out to to the you know my four players. Is there an NPC you would like to know something about? Oh, oh. without giving too much spoiler, uh, I I'll, I'll even go a little spoiler. Uh, nothing <laughs> nothing crazy, but I'll I'll, I'll throw you something interesting if you ask. Um, is there an NPC you guys want to know something about? Okay, guys. So the four, uh, Ioni is one of them. Okay. Yeah. Where, yeah. Are, where, where the, the fuck is Ioni? Is she all right? She has to tell us where she is eventually. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, there was that. <laughs> I keep like not asking follow up questions when people start dishing on their tragic backstory to me, and then they just don't continue. So we still don't know why and how Cressida left Menzo Baranzin. Um, yeah. I am a little to... curious. I'll, I'll give you. Um. Oh my goodness, this is gonna, oof, there's so much juiciness there. Do you guys want it to be Cressida? Well, well hold on, can we vote. each ask one or? <gasps> no, do we? No, no, oh, one. Okay. okay. All right, all right, never mind. I thought we had four. So I was like, okay, we'll ask <laughs> about Ioni. We can ask about Cressida. I wanted to ask about the princess who was pregnant and like oh, the fucking yeah, strain. Okay? The, the princess I'll give you for free. The princess is doing well. Uh, so is her baby. Um, she was ousted in a, in a, 
uh, harsh but legitimate by the laws uh, coup that occurred and ousted the Astral Sea. She was picked up by the pyramid and waited there. You guys brought her back after the coup had been undone and uh, she's ruling as she should. Yay. That one I'll give to you for free. Uh, Is there... And they never are you going? Are you going with Cressida? Cressida, Cressida, Rioni. <laughs> Which one are you guys uh, going with? Cressida someone Rione? roll a someone roll a t twenty. Oh, <laughs> I can't. I can't make this Why decision. Why do we need twenty sides for this? <laughs> Just like odds is odds is whatever. Right. Even heads is Ioni, tails is Cressida. Right, hey yeah, Siri, yeah. flip a coin. There we go. You do that. It's tails. What was that? Uh, that's tails. tails. Cressida. Wait, that's Maxim. Maxim has a whole other pass. Yeah, there's also Maxim. Ah! <laughs> we gotta pick one. We gotta pick one. Let, let's go with Cressida. Let's go. With All right, Cressida. let's do Cressida. Yeah. yeah. Cressida was a. There's words for them, and I'm for, I'm not gonna remember them. Uh, I would have looked them up if I known I'd had it. But there's Cressida was one of the elite warriors. So, uh, meant there are many draw civilizations. They're basically all neutral or good. Uh, Menzo Branson is a cult city. People there are brainwashed from an early age. It is an explicitly evil place to be from. Mm-hmm. Cressida was born there. She's She was brainwashed and part of that cult. Uh, she was one of the elite warriors because the entire city is, um, uh, is a, it's a matriarchal society. So she was one of the tops in terms of, uh, like, Stop you know, it, like, badasses. I didn't She was one of them. She was a great warrior. Well, Roy's going to have fun with that, but anyway. <laughs> her, <laughs> Roy did have fun with that. Sorry, uh, that was a spoiler. I forget. <laughs> uh, I give you her sister. Beautiful boy. <laughs> Corruption. <laughs> of course he needs a bad girl. He's a sweet, beautiful boy. There's Her a lot sister of was working on becoming a high priestess of Loth. Yeah. And in the trial that you have to undertake, her sister was not going to succeed. And Cressida, this is like, there's light on spoilers that can go at. Cressida helped her succeed. But when you're trying to trick a goddess, it doesn't matter. And... Cressida's sister was punished in the way that Drow who failed that test are punished. Uh-oh. And, I know this one. Uh, she is... Uh, she, uh, that helped to deprogram her, and sometime later she stole Lula, and they escaped. She's John Wick. Same hat. She's John Wick. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've only seen that movie once. <laughs> but yeah, so sh- she's... Uh, it's it's not a happy one there. Oh, well, That's rough, got, buddy. She has a oh, there you go. That's uh, that's the that, so. that's the that's the tea on Cressida. Uh, anyone yeah. else deep stuff that you want to share? I'm explaining her. It's just not particularly explicitly been stated yet. But I guess like for some keep trio backstory, um, Danny, Roy, and Egan are in my mind the mechanic trio. But they're basically like the three straight mechanics of the heap in that they don't have like a side gig as like a decal artist like Sadie does or. Um, mm. The muscle, like the lizard guy, Kazar, Kazar, whatever his name is. Um, yeah, we've never met him. We haven't met him yet. <laughs> uh, but I imagine that they all sort of joined the Heap around the same time and have been kind of learning together. Aww. But also, as a little fun fact, Mandy was once in the mechanic trio, but they uh, really hated it. And now they just work as like the odd job person <laughs> instead, the fixer. So, yeah. Also, <laughs> gotta throw a little defense to Mandy. <laughs> gotta throw a little defense to Mandy because people were like, can't believe Mandy let them go in there all by themselves into that volcano. Uh, Mandy is not an adventurer. Mandy just 
uh, knows a lot of people, like, has a lot of, quote, friends, very street smart. Um, Mandy has probably between 7 and 14 hit points. They should not take Mandy into an adventure with them. <laughs> Mandy will die. Yeah, yeah, they Mandy talk... does a lot of what uh, the crew would be doing around the city of Brass if Otto did not have Mandy to send on odd jobs and small tasks. Um, yeah. Uh, everything that everything that Vera everything there is nothing do you guys know everything about Vera right now uh, uh, that's true actually <laughs> I know more about Vera wait Wally you should share if you don't have something you should share one of Finbar's X's yes let me pull it up let me pull it up <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right. a random uh, roll on the chart so uh, for the audience I have a massive I think it's like 5k document now Five um, pages. It's not four. just all X's. There's oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Finbar notes. Sorry. How much not, of that is not... like bio on the? Okay. Uh, at least two of that is bio. Single spaced. Uh, uh, okay. Mm, okay. Uh, let's let me let me pick a good one. Uh, uh, ooh. Okay. Uh, there's a so for a while. Um, there was a changeling who worked under Riggs uh, for the Searing Tongue. Um, Zimrissa is her name, uh, or their name, they, them. Mm -hmm. um, it was a very toxic on and off uh, relationship due to uh, being like a changeling. Uh, her ability to uh, change her physical appearance uh, was uh, came across in like a, as a having a very volatile emotional state. A uh, great spy, uh, not considerate of others. Uh, it was like sort of like a doom relationship from the start. Um, but yeah. Huh. Spicy. Cool. One of six. I mean, <laughs> one of six. Uh, is one of them Elise? Uh, yeah, yeah, technically, okay. yeah. If one of them is Elise. And I think we've met, we've met one other. <laughs> yes, we have, we have Can one. We say? Oh. I think I know who it is, right? Yeah. I yeah. think you guys, I think it's Is it that, that seasonal Theologian lady? Yeah. See, it's it's the yes. Sydney yeah. is another one of his exes. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. All I'm saying is one shot, Scott Pilgrim style. I feel like <laughs> it's got to We happen. have to battle royale our way through them. Oh, no. What it is is Elise has to fight all of its exes. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's what it's going to be, yeah. But I think what it is is that each of us has to play one of the exes that Elise oh, has sure, to sure, play. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. sure, 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 sure. Ah. Yeah. Because that leaves, what, four that aren't uh, Elise or... Let me just make a guess. Everyone leaves the episode after like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. I do have... Uh, I guess it's not even like a, a thing. It's a headcanon because it's based off of like another person in the crew, which uh -huh. visually hasn't really been established yet. Uh, I When we get to the, the season finale q and I might, I might bring that back up. But Jeez. spoilers for now, so... Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. This is the, the problem be... with this being the Veerless season. It's going to be a spoiler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got nothing, guys. I'm sorry. Well, on that <laughs> note, uh, it was about time for us to wrap this Q&A up. Thank you to everyone who has joined us. Uh, there will be a regular episode upload this Friday, and this Q&A will be available basically immediately as a VOD on YouTube, and the audio will be up at some point tomorrow, um, depending on how uh, quickly I get to it. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying this season. I know all of us have uh so much mystery so much turmoil ay 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 what are we doing um <laughs> if you got any questions for us that we didn't answer you can email them to us at rollwithdifficulty at gmail.com and we will try to answer them in as expedient a manner as possible 
um, but be aware that we do have quite a few of those in there, so we might not get to all of them right away. Uh, hopefully we got to as many of your questions as we could. Um, Danny season, next season. <laughs> <Got this. laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have a Discord that's really cool. If you, There's been a lot of really cool fan art and discussions going on over there. Definitely check it out. Link in the show notes of the description below. Yada, yada, yada. Um, also, Patreon, where you can see the College of Feasts, some more information on the Heap Workers, some little uh, canon fan fiction from Austin <laughs> about uh, Davion and Athos, uh, and a lot of other cool, cool stuff. Um, yeah, just Rosencrantz and Gildan sterning their way across the wastelands. <laughs> All I've ever oh, wanted in life. That's not uh, the descriptor I would have used for that. <laughs> just abandon this campaign and play Hot that instead. <laughs> okay, I think it's time. The to buff end lion this. man and the yeah. Hot <laughs> we don't need to guy. get into this. <laughs> Guys, All right. We definitely don't need to. They know where it goes. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, if you subscribe at a high enough tier, maybe you'll get the X-rated. For... No. Oh, we gotta go. We gotta go. Right. We gotta go. I'm so glad. Thanks for Thanks joining for us. Joining. Well. Catch you.